Do you want to know what has to come first if you want to change for real? Welcome to episode two of the Sugar Addict Coach podcast, where I teach you the first small step towards sugar freedom that will blow your mind. Hello, my sweet friends. Today is an exciting day. Today, we're going to begin to figure out what your thoughts, beliefs, and stories are about sugar. And those thoughts, beliefs, and stories are the key. I can't emphasize this enough. They are super important for us to know because we can't use them for change if we don't know what they are. So the first step is to figure out what we tell ourselves. What do we tell ourselves about what sugar is, who we are, um, about what is normal eating, about what we should be doing, and what we want to do. All those things, there's a lot there. And we learn these and adopt these thoughts, beliefs, and stories from lots of different places. We can explore where those came from soon. But first, let's become aware that those thoughts, beliefs, and stories define our relationship to sugar. Because, let's simplify this a little bit, we can define our relationship with sugar as that collection of thoughts and beliefs and stories we have about sugar. Especially in this kind of relationship where it's a relationship with an inanimate object, what creates the relationship is what you think about that cookie. Because that cookie's not thinking about you back, right? The cookie's not reacting to you. And you are not creating something together in your relationship. So this relationship is the collection of your thoughts, beliefs, and stories. But I still call it a relationship instead of just your thoughts because I like how it encompasses all those things and the feelings that they create also. It's all the reasons you like or hate or have mixed feelings about sugar and treats. And I like how it can indicate the complications that can come up, like in any relationship, Relationships are full of feelings, and so is your relationship with sugar, and your feelings directly come from your thoughts, beliefs, and stories. I know I mentioned this before, but feelings aren't random. They directly flow from what we're thinking. So what we believe about sugar and the stories we tell ourselves is what causes us to desire, or often for us, over-desire the treats. Getting that order of operations right is really empowering because then you know that those thoughts and beliefs are the gateway to change. So in this episode, I want to give you the first of many tools to figure out what those thoughts or beliefs and stories are. And from there, we can start to change. Here's the great news. You have the opportunity to pay attention to those thoughts and beliefs every time you eat or every time you want to eat. In each of these moments, you are going to be thinking something and believing something that leads to the desire to eat. Maybe it's going to lead to an urge or it's going to lead to an emotion you want to escape. And often we choose sugar to escape with, right? So that means we have multiple doorways every day to look into our brain and see what the heck is going on in there. So what does this look like? It looks like paying attention. When we tell kids to pay attention, that means they're distracted with other things and we want them to shift their focus. But we also kind of are trying to get the kids to pause because that's going to give them the space so that they can pay attention. So that's what I'd like you to do, to pause before you react to that urge to eat the sugar. And by react, I mean actually take an action, either to eat or to not eat or the action of resisting an urge with distraction or whatever you do in that situation. I'm sure there are lots of different things that you do. So what you're going to do is you're going to be somewhere and you're going to feel the urge to eat. You're going to feel the strong desire to eat something. And then you're going to get excited 
because you know that this is an opportunity for you to learn something very important about what is going on in your brain and about your relationship to sugar. So you take a pause and you search through your mind and look for what thought led you to that desire. Now, sometimes thoughts are so fleeting and so habitual that it's hard to catch them. Or sometimes they don't even seem like thoughts. They seem like observations. For example, I want that. Or I'm hungry. Especially I'm hungry. I'm hungry sounds like an observation. Like, oh, hey, I'm observing that I'm hungry. But actually, I'm hungry is often just a sentence you habitually think. And it's a really powerful one, actually, because we believe ourselves usually. But what if you paused, caught the thought, and before you reacted to it, you took a look at it and questioned it? Many of my clients think it's interesting to actually question that thought. I've done this in my own life, and whoa, I will tell myself I'm hungry, and guess what? I am not actually hungry when I check in with my body. I find out, nope, I'm not hungry at all. I'm bored. Or maybe I'm in the kitchen, so there's opportunity. Sometimes I just habitually think that during a certain time of day. Like I'll see it's noon and I'll say, oh, I'm hungry. So be open to the very real possibility that your brain isn't always telling you the truth. Thoughts will go through your mind like I'm hungry and they aren't necessarily facts at all. They are actually thoughts. That's okay. Don't blame yourself. Don't think that you're doing it wrong. Your brain probably just put that on autopilot. Here, your brain says, I'll do you a favor. I'll just have that on autopilot for you, and then you can eat whenever you want. How nice of it. But now we're going to pause and take a look at the thought and notice that it's just a sentence running through our mind and may not be true at all. Collect up that sentence. I suggest you write it down. Make it fast and easy. But I don't want any excuses like I can't find a pen, so I have some other ideas too. So you can write it down or, or you can quickly record a voice memo on your phone if you have your phone handy, like so many of us do all the time. If I'm your coach, you can pause and send me a message. Or you can just say that thought out loud, giving yourself that pause and intentional focus on the thought. Taking a moment to look at that thought in some way is the magic. But I admit this process is kind of tedious. It's kind of slow and unnatural feeling, but it's very enlightening. It will tell you so much. So I really suggest you do this exercise. Do this exercise throughout your day. At the beginning, my clients might do this 10, 20, 30 times a day, honestly, if they have enough urges. And you can just imagine how much information you would get about what's going on in your brain if you were checking in and taking a pause 10 or 20 or 30 times a day, you could really get to know yourself, right? That would be amazing. So much freaking awareness. Now, you do not need to know why you're thinking these things at this point. You just recognize the thought, you take a look at it. And the reason we are looking at it is not to figure out the root reason why, It's just to get to know ourselves, notice the patterns, and then we can start to prepare for these thoughts. And also so that we can question the thought and in the future, hopefully soon, choose our thoughts intentionally. We need to question what we think unintentionally on autopilot before we can think intentionally on purpose in a way that helps us minimize the over-desire we keep creating. Not just escape the over-desire, but perhaps not even desire it at all like circumvent that completely. 
I want to emphasize that we don't need to look back deep into our past to figure out why, and we definitely don't need to assign any blame to the why. The most helpful place to be is in a place of non-judgment, even love if possible. That might be a stretch, that's okay, but definitely non-judgment and curiosity. Just like, what the heck's going on up there? I haven't looked yet, and I bet I'm going to learn a ton, and this learning is going to be so, so very valuable to me. So let go of that judgment. You don't need to know why. You're just going to kind of catalog what those thoughts are. Those thoughts are going to lead to feelings, right? The feelings, the desire or the urge or the craving, are the signal that made you look at the thoughts in the first place. So you know that they're leading to a feeling, And then you can discover what result you're actually getting in your life from thinking that thought, I'm hungry 20 times a day, even when you're not. So this is when the non-judgment will get harder because you're going to think, oh my gosh, I keep thinking I'm hungry. I don't question it, even though I'm actually not. And then I eat when I'm not hungry. And then this is why I eat so much sugar, or this is why I feel out of control, or this is where the shame comes in because I don't even need this food that I'm eating. I'm just habitually thinking I'm hungry. That's so stupid. I shouldn't do that. No, no, no. I don't want you to blame yourself. I want you to think of it more like a scientist. Like when I say I'm hungry and I'm not, what happens? This one's an easy one. Usually I eat. (laughs) I create desire for myself and then I eat. But I don't want to be eating when I'm not hungry. So I don't want that result. We don't need any recriminations here. We just need an awareness. We just need an understanding. We just need things to click into place like, oh, okay, if I think A, then B happens and I don't really want B, so then I have some changes that I get to make. Notice that I said get to make. You didn't know you were doing this. You haven't been told this before. So it's not really fair of you to start saying, oh, see how stupid that is? That I've been thinking that or I've been feeling that or I've been believing that or I've got this whole story about myself. But don't even start with the blame because it's just not fair. You didn't know before. Now you know, and you're going to lovingly witness it. And then you can make some choices. Okay, the next thing I want you to do is to experiment with not believing the thought or the belief or the story. So that means asking yourself the question, what would it be like if I didn't believe this? Now, notice that I didn't say what would it be like if I didn't think this, because right now we can't skip over it completely and not think it. We can't do that yet. I'd love for us to get there, but that's not what we're doing yet. Right now, the very first baby step is to just notice it and then discover what it could be like if we didn't believe it. Just peek over that wall at a life where you didn't automatically believe yourself when you said, I am hungry, and you actually checked in with yourself. A life where you didn't believe yourself when you said, oh, there's a cookie and I know I can't resist a cookie. It could lead to a really different life if you didn't believe yourself, right? If you took a pause, saw that thought and examined it and didn't believe it automatically, it could lead to a really different life, right? Because people have all kinds of thoughts all day. Like there's that really overused trope of don't think of a pink elephant. And then of course you're going to think of a pink elephant, So what's the difference between a person who has a thought cross their mind and doesn't act on it, or the person who feels trapped by that thought and feels it is imperative that they act on it? That's easy, right? 
The person that believes their thought, that really thinks their thought is true and that it's fact is the one that feels like they have to act on it. They have to if they believe it's true, like a person in a movie theater who has the thought cross their mind, what if the theater caught on fire, versus the person who actually believes that the theater is on fire and ends up getting out of there as fast as they can. I coach a lot of really smart people, and this sometimes works to their disadvantage, because when they think a thought and they know they're smart, then they tend to believe that thought. But everyone's brain is susceptible to getting in these habits, taking on these beliefs, and making up these stories from the past. And if you haven't taken the time to dismantle them, you don't know if they're true or if you want to believe them. And actually, often the smart person's thoughts, beliefs, and stories about sugar aren't much better than anyone else's. Isn't that funny? Especially when we think about how so many of our thoughts and beliefs and stories come from when we were young anyway. And we didn't have the context that we have now to use that intelligence. But even if we're older and supposedly wiser when we think them, we don't take the time to take a look at them. Our intelligence isn't really being utilized. The trick is to decide intentionally what we want to believe. And anyone can do that right now. It is this process of taking a look at our thoughts and then lovingly witnessing them and then taking them with a grain of salt, right? Really looking at them and saying, are they true? Are they helpful? This is applicable to everyone. Everyone could benefit from this. Sugar addicts specifically, because sugar is so entrenched in our history, of course. So this is a simple step that you can start taking immediately. And what do you do with this information after you gather it? What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to notice some patterns. Notice some of your most common thoughts or beliefs. And armed with that knowledge, you'll start to be onto yourself. You'll see, oh, I know what's going on when I think and believe the thought, I love this so much, it's my very favorite. That's when I'm probably going to eat that something. And when you know that, you can kind of diffuse the power of it, right? You're like, oh, I know that trick. And you can start to choose your reaction to that habitual thought. Think about it. Maybe you have 20 urges a day and you do this work and you find out there are five different thoughts that you think. But the most common one that creates an urge for you is, I'm just going to get a little something. And you actually think that about 10 times a day. And you notice this pattern. And then you start to recognize when that thought comes up. You don't have to go get something. Your brain is just trying to play a trick on you. And you question that thought 10 times that day. You've gained so much more power. You know where the urges are coming from. Now, when you do this, your brain might start to give you new thoughts. <laughs> it might really try to talk you into it. It might reach back and get really creative. That's cool too. That'll be great to know. Write those thoughts down also. Put them in your phone. It is all useful knowledge. But this first step can get you that quick, habitual, and common thought that leads you to eating sugar often. And when you get that win under your belt, the win of you knowing the thought is coming up, and seeing it for what it is, and just not believing it, you just don't have to react to it, and you don't have to go eat the sugar. And that can change things dramatically and quickly, like a couple of days. It's a quick tool. And it won't fix everything, but it will begin to build the foundation of what we're doing here and start to get to the root of the problem. It's not just another Band-Aid quick fix. This is the beginning of real change. So I want to give you this tool so you can get started with it today. 
We're not done with the concept of thoughts, beliefs, and stories because those are truly the keystone to understanding how to stop your sugar cravings and how to stop calling yourself a sugar addict. So we'll talk more about this and other tools to uncover these thoughts and beliefs. But I just wanted to offer you this tool first so you can get started. And I will be back with more next week. So you listen to the whole episode and maybe you're left wondering, but how does this apply to me, Helena? Glad you asked. Sign up for a free coaching call and we can talk about it. I work with people one-on-one and I want to give you a taste of that by actually helping you for 30 minutes. So go to my website, thesugaraddictcoach.com and get on my schedule. Talk to you soon.